Welcome to the MuseCast, where we squeeze every last drop of inspiration out of Sunday's sermon. Hey everybody, Dan Kent here. Uh, it is a solo MuseCast today. Uh, Shauna is feeling a little under the weather, and so it's just me today. Uh, and I got a lot to talk about because uh, this is a really big topic. We are talking about prayer, and um, I also have a couple questions that were sent in, and um, and who knows where else it will go. So, um, if you'll if you are a regular viewer of the MuseCast, you'll recognize that I'm in a different surrounding right now. This is not my normal backdrop. That's because I, I'm still down in Florida and I'm working here for a little while as I uh, escape the cold and deal with some uh, medical stuff down here. So um, that's we're going to have a different background for a while for me. And uh, that explains that. So this week uh, we are continuing our prayer series and uh, it's it's you know it's a, a section of the Sermon on the Mount that we kind of skipped uh, because we wanted to devote a whole series to it and then we're coming back to it now. So it was technically part of the spiritual discipleship section of that Sermon on the Mount. Uh, but this there's just too much to say about this little piece of text. So <clears throat> we pulled it out and we're doing this series on it. Um, and so last week, Greg talked about uh, just prayer and all the different types of prayer and, and so on and so forth. And this week, he looked particularly at um, petitionary prayer, where we ask for God's intercession, where we ask God for things. And uh, he, in particular, he wants to look at why is it that our good prayers, when we pray for good and godly things, why is it that those prayers go unanswered? And uh, it, it, it's it really, in my opinion, every theology, every system of theology, every kind of um, system of trying to explain what God must be like and what human nature, what our purpose is and all of that kind of stuff, it, it, it all kind of grinds down to this point of prayer. And, and you see the strengths and weaknesses of different theological systems really kind of exposed when you start talking about prayer. And I think that makes sense because when we pray, we move from this abstract kind of theoretical ivory tower state into action where we're actually interacting with this God that we've constructed all of these ideas about. And so, of course, prayer is going to really expose kind of what's going on in our theology. And so, and vice versa, as we start to understand prayer, we have to re-examine a lot of times our theology. And that's definitely the case here because um, we believe in a God who loves us. We believe in a God who is is wholly good. And we believe in a God who wants good things for us. And yet we also know that we live in a world that's very ungodly. And so many wicked, evil things happen to us. And so much suffering happens to us that we don't deserve. And um, and so we have to explain that. Uh, why doesn't God uh, answer these good prayers? Greg started his sermon as I moved to the sermonary portion of the MuseCast. It's, it's really hard to do this without uh, Shauna kind of guiding the ship, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. Uh, Greg, uh, as we move to the sermonary section, Greg talked about his own experience where 
you know, as just a little boy, he lost his mom. And uh, he, he said that his dad really had a hard time with this in his faith because um, that is his dad had a hard time with dad's faith um, because he, he could understand why God might not answer the prayer of an adult. But I mean, Greg was just two, two years old and like, it's not like he had all this sin or something like that. He was just this innocent kid. And how could God not answer such a warm hearted kind of loving prayer from uh, an innocent little boy. Uh, and that was really hard for Greg's dad to, to comprehend. Um, you know, so the question is, is how do you explain this? How do you, um, how do you explain this? And, and Greg's kind of proposal, and it's one that I, I definitely agree with is that given the way that God created his world, um, God places certain constraints around how he can interact with that world. It's possible that God has the ability. He has the capacity. He he's omnipotent. He can do whatever with his creation. And he could have created a world in which nobody suffers and, and nobody, uh, uh, you know, has pain and, uh, and everybody has pistachio ice cream in their bowl at all times. I mean, it's, that could have happened, but, um, that would also be a world that didn't have free will, that didn't have uh, autonomy, that didn't have um, uh, authentic relationship. And, and so God chose not to create that perfectly controlled world. He created a world where things happen that he doesn't want to happen. And, um, and, and, and what, what's really comforting, and Greg kind of spent some time on this in the sermon, is that uh, Jesus also experiences the pain of unanswered prayer. And uh, Greg talked about in Matthew uh, 26, 39, how uh, as Jesus is approaching his crucifixion, he's like, this sucks. I, he Jesus didn't deserve this crucifixion. He didn't deserve this, this, this punishment. And yet uh, he was subjected to it and he knew it was coming. And, and so in this really desperate sort of um, moment, Jesus prays to the father, you know, if there's any other way that we can do this, let's do it. And uh, please, please, can we just do something else? I don't want to go through this. And uh and that and that prayer was was unanswered, and and so he even Jesus even God incarnate experienced that existential kind of burden of unanswered prayer, and that um, that just shows that in God's eyes, I think it shows in God's eyes that the authenticity of relationship, the the reality of autonomy. Um, it's worth uh, things not going your way. And, and Jesus models that for us as well, which I think is, is just so profound. Um, and so, you know, and we see other constraints that God kind of has as well. You know, we have like, uh, you know, God cannot tell a lie. Uh, we, we all believe that God can not tell a lie, but we don't consider that because God is weak in any way. We know that because God is holy. God is, is, is perfectly good. Um, 
and God cannot break covenant. But again, that's not like a, we don't consider that a limitation. We consider that as, as part of God's faithfulness. Um, God cannot stop loving. Uh, that, that isn't a, a limitation in God either. That is um, a consequence of his, his uh, loving nature, which, uh, which we uh, glorify so much in, in, in our, in our lives. And so, so that's that's sort of um, the foundation of what Greg does in his sermon, and then he he just talks about you know beyond that, beyond the fact that everybody has their own uh, free will and say so. There's also this other layer of spiritual activity going on. We we're born in a chaotic world, and that chaotic world spins and rotates in this spiritual war, and so you just have layers and layers of 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 complexity and chaos there. And, and he talks about the story in Daniel 10, where Daniel had prayed for something and um, it didn't get answered right away. But then later uh, Gabriel appears and saying, listen, the Lord heard your prayer when you prayed it and, and immediately initiated a response to your prayer. Uh, however, because of uh, this spiritual thing that was going on, uh, there was a delay in getting here. And um, it's just a weird story. And it's just like this little snippet, this little peek into uh, the complexity of the realm outside of, of this physical realm. Now, um, if you're like me, uh, the, the the idea of spiritual warfare is, is kind of strange. And um, like, I don't, Personally, I trust that it's true. It's one of those things that I, I can't remember the, the name of the physics um, thesis, but there's this physics, uh, quantum physics kind of um, phenomenon where I think if you split a muon or something like that, you have like where one of them spins, the other piece of it will spin, even though they're no longer connected. And that's you could put them 10 miles apart and if this one spins over here this one will spin too even though they're they're separated by such great distance i trust the physicists that that's true i don't like believe that in my heart that it's true i don't i don't there's there's a shallowness to my belief in that uh for me spiritual warfare is very similar to that i trust the scriptures that this is true um i don't walk around looking for a demon behind every bush uh, I don't, you know, it, it's not a, a deep belief that that shapes my my day to day life, but I trust that it's true, and um, and that's what I encourage you to to think about as well. Uh, and then Greg, so Greg looks at this and says, "Okay, look at the complexity of just the day to day life." I mean, like he he gives an example of uh, when he shaved his head. Like, in order to understand why Greg shaved his head when Greg shaved his head, you would have to understand an almost infinite number of preceding conditions. And, and so there's like this infinite complexity to just that one dumb question. Why did Greg shave his head when he shaved his head? If you add to that this spiritual level, this, this uh, profound complexity uh, grows at an exponential level. And so... Um, and so th these are all just ways of saying that um, God does really, truly want uh, to answer our prayers a lot of times. 
Uh, and a lot of times, um, because of the constraints that God has put on, on God's self as he creates this world where uh, free will is possible, where authentic love is possible, where authentic relationship is possible, sometimes the constraints of such a, a good world will uh, keep God from getting what God wants all the time. Uh I, I just kind of scratched the surface of, of everything that Greg kind of got into there. Uh, and so I, I'm confident that you will watch the sermon for yourself. Um, there's a couple questions that came up that I, I want to uh, talk about. The first one is um, from Anonymous and Anonymous asks this uh, here. Let me pull it up so that I can read it. Um, I need my glasses. It's so, so sad. Um, Okay, so this is from uh, Matthew, where it says, Do not be like them, for your father knows what you have need for, even before you ask him. Uh, and so the question then is, if God already knows what I'm going to ask for, if he knows what my need is, um, then then why should I even have to pray? And and that, that's such a good question. Um, I think that... Uh, I, th I think to me, what I think what it comes down to is that the whole, and Greg talked about this last week, God created the entire universe and the cosmos and creation and people in the hopes that we would have relationship with him, that we would seek uh, a relationship with God and that everything is designed in the universe for a relationship with God. And so everything is done uh, better in relationship, uh, with God. And so I think that prayer is just sort of this integral part of effectiveness in a universe built for relationships. Uh, it's somehow works better if we do it together. And, um, and I think that that's a, a pretty good answer. The other component of that could just be that, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I I just talked with uh, Barbara about this, where I, I told Barbara um, that I was going to take the dog for a walk. And then I had to go uh, to the drugstore to pick up a prescription. And, uh, and she had asked, now, is this your way of, of asking me to walk the dog? And, and that's definitely the type of thing that I might do. I might say, instead of saying, Hey, Barbara, can you walk the dog? I might just tell her how busy I am and include walking the dog. And it's a very passive uh, passive aggressive, just weak, indirect way of, of seeing if she will just volunteer to walk the dog. I can see why she would say that. I wasn't doing that in this case, but I can see why she might suggest that. Uh, because that's our temptation. We don't, it's hard to be direct. It's hard to, uh, it takes a, a great deal of security uh, to just be direct and ask for what we want. And it takes a certain amount of um, spiritual strength uh, to, to just understand that, that it's okay for us to get what we want to get our needs met to that. We're important. We have to assume that we're important enough to have our prayers and our needs met. Um, and, and so the, the command to pray for things could be sort of a goad, uh, to get people to embrace the security that they have uh, as being one of God's children to live into the spiritual strength and to the, into the security of being God's child. It's to take ownership of the fact that you are important, that God loves you. And that, that if you want something, you have to ask for it. Uh, you can't just kind of 
putts around and kick sand and uh, kind of circle and dance around the issue. You just have to come out and ask it. And there's a power and, a, and, uh, and it indicates a security when you can be direct. And, and so I think there's something really healthy about it. Um, and so uh, I guess that's what I'd say is, is the universe is made for relationships. Everything works better in relationship. And also God wants you to have the spiritual strength to just ask directly for what you want and what you need. And, um, and I, I think that's uh, probably the best I can do. Here's the other thing I'd think about is, uh, you know, I preached a sermon a couple weeks ago on parenting styles. And uh, what I have found is that, and I talked about these three parenting styles and how we can view God in one of those three ways. One parenting style is this authoritarian style where uh, God is very controlling and his affection a lot of times is contingent on how well we perform to our expectations and how obedient we are and how good we are. And then he kind of gives that affection based on that. Uh, on the opposite end of that, you have permissive uh, permissive parents who uh, they tend to have no control and they tend to be just kind of like friends, but the, they're not, they don't really have much structure or guidance either. I would encourage you to think about your own thoughts about prayer in light of how you view God as a parent, because uh, what I found is that if you have an authoritarian view of God, a lot of times prayer becomes um, sort of a report card for how you're doing in your life. And a lot of times you can think, well, you know, I, I've been sinning lately and I haven't been doing my Bible study lately or, um, you know, I haven't prayed in a long time. And so because of my poor performance, I'm not really worthy to ask for anything. And that's that's not right. You are worthy to ask for something because God loves you. Even while you were the worst sinner, God loved you with uh, this unsurpassable love. On the other side, if you have a permissive view of God, a lot of times you can uh, sort of have kind of hopelessness about prayer. You have a, you just assume that God's not really present. God's not really, doesn't really get involved in your life because he's just kind of lets things go. And so you might be kind of looking at prayer as sort of futile. Why should I pray to a God who doesn't really do much in my life anyway? Um, and so what I would encourage you to do is to think uh, about how, how your views of prayer are related to that question of how do you view God as a parent? Because um, God does, uh, want to be involved in your life. And God, uh, God does want to answer your prayer and you are worthy of having your, your prayers answered. And, um, uh, and so that, that's, that's what I encourage you to think about. Check out that sermon. If you haven't seen it, it's, uh, from the day after Christmas, December 26th. And I think it's called beyond the mirror. The other trap that I want to talk about, uh, C.S. Lewis talks about this in the screw tape letters. He talks about the heads I win, tails you lose trap that you can fall into with prayer. And I know that I have fallen into this myself. And that's this. We can sort of start this journey of prayer and sort of experiment with it. We can play with it and, and, and we can find that maybe our prayers are not answered. And what can what we can do then by looking at the results of of our prayer, we can say, well, pff, prayer doesn't work. Uh, the problem with with that is that if the prayer was answered, a lot of times we end up doing this confirmation bias thing where we just come to the conclusion that, well, I mean, this thing that I prayed for, it would have happened anyway. And so 
the prayer wasn't really effective. This just would have happened anyway. And so do you see the trap there? Whether the prayer is answered or not, we come to the same conclusion that prayer doesn't work. And uh, and that's that's the problem with judging prayer based on the outcome. Um, I would encourage people to think about prayer as part of your relationship with God, as uh part of the kind of day-to-day uh, business of, of having a relationship in the same way that, you know, uh, a date night is part of your relationship with your significant other. Um, prayer is part of your relationship with, with God. Now, some date nights are phenomenal and some, and you just have the time of your life and you get closer together and other date nights are a flop and they don't really, they don't really do much. And um, so, I mean, you, you wouldn't say that uh, date nights don't really work. No, it's just, it's just a, a structure uh, to facilitate the relationship. And, and I would, I would think of, of prayer in the same way as it's just, just do it. Just pray. You're, you're worthy of having your prayers answered. God wants to answer your prayer. God wants more than anything to be in uh, communion with you, to, to communicate with you and to, uh, and to hear your requests. And, and I think that's to have the care, to have the desire for God, to have the desire for connection with Abba Father. That's what God wants more than anything else. And, uh, and even if the prayer goes unanswered, that connection to God uh, persists and that connection to God is a success, even if the prayer itself isn't. I think those are the big items that I wanted to uh, get at. And um, yeah, so uh, let me know what you think of this and send in your questions. Uh, We'll have more shots at this. The the prayer series is not over yet. So definitely send your your, uh, prayer questions to musecast at (laughs) whchurch.org. I almost forgot the website. So uh, Anyway, uh, hopefully Shana will feel better and, and she'll be back with us next week. Uh, hope, hope to see you all online or maybe even in person soon. Catch you later.